1: God cares about his chosen people, and God is for his chosen people, that through all his judgments, he would perfect them and then punish those who oppose his people. This is Matt Miller with Francis Ball. Francis, thanks for coming into the studio today. Very happy to be here with you, Matt. Thank you. Francis, today we're covering the life study of Zechariah, message number seven, which is the last program dealing with the eight visions in the book of Zechariah. We're covering chapter 6. Would you give our listeners a little foretaste of what we're in for today?
2: In chapter 6, we see another vision here of God's judgment on unrighteousness and also His judgment on His people. The judgment on His people is for the purpose of perfecting them so God's full and eternal purpose may be accomplished. But His judgment on those nations that come against Israel— When I say his people, I'm referring to Israel in this case because we're talking about the Old Testament prophet Zechariah. But it applies to uh, God's people in every age. God wants to perfect his people so he can accomplish his goal of producing the body of Christ. But Israel now is under a lot of opposition from a lot of different nations, kingdoms, and uh, peoples. So God is judging these peoples and protecting and perfecting his people in those judgments. So I think when we see this, uh, Matt, we'll get a better view of God's way of judging. It's quite severe, but with his people, it's quite perfecting and tender.
1: Thanks, Francis. The three negative visions in Zechariah are the ones that we're covering right now in chapters 5 and 6. We just finished in the last radio program, covering chapter 5, which was the first two negative visions. We're going to review those a little bit in the first section with Witness Lee. And then we're going to come on to the very final vision, the last negative vision, which is this vision of the four chariots. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just want to remind our listeners that there were five positive visions at the beginning of Zechariah for the encouragement and consolation of God's people. And those programs are all available to go back and listen to. They're available in the Printed Life Studies but we're on the negative visions now. So let's go to Witness Lee for today's life study, which was originally spoken on July 4th, 1991. As we review the last two uh, visions, then we'll come back again to touch the final negative vision. Okay, here's Witness Lee.
3: We've come to the last vision, the eighth vision. This vision is still concerning God's judgment. In the two preceding visions, We see God does have a law. And His law is righteous. And uh, this law of righteousness of God does not allow anything unrighteous going on on this earth. And all the things that are going on on unrighteously on this earth is of two aspects. Firstly, Concerning man. Secondly, concerning God. And the sins, the unrighteous acts, is somewhat represented by covetousness. That is stealing. Stealing comes out of people's greediness. And then there are things against God. What is represented by falsehood with God, not honest, not faithful, not sincere with God. So you may do things in the name of God, you may say things in the name of God, even you swear, right, in the name of God, all in falsehood. This is surely a kind of offense to God. And these two things are judged by God's law. Then another vision follows to show us, my, on this earth, the most evil thing which is so universal, that is the so-called business, commerce, trade. Apparently, everywhere, trade is considered as something okay, something good, do you know that nearly 80% of the world people are occupied with commerce? Probably more than 80%. And this means the majority of the human society is engaged in uh, what? Commerce. And commerce totally is weakened. It is wicked. And this wickedness is signified by what? By a female. This is kind of meaningful.
1: Well, Francis, let's review these two negative visions before we get into the final one later in the program, okay? The first vision is of the flying scroll to judge all the stealing or the wrongs toward man. And also the false oath, which is the wrong toward God. So we have to be right toward man and we have to be right toward God. And then the next vision is of the ephah vessel, which is a picture of commerce that outwardly appears very good. But this vision showed that inside the ephah vessel is a woman whose name is wickedness or sin. So hidden within commerce is this matter of sin. Uh, Witness Lee uh, ended the portion there saying this is very meaningful. I want you to give our listeners a voice of practical experience on these two visions, and then we'll come back for the third and final vision in Zechariah.
2: Well, Matt, it's not so easy to be able to kind of search through my experience over years, how much I've experienced these two wickednesses, especially the wickedness of commerce. Of course, I think we all know, if we stop to consider that all the things are appealing to the wicked nature of man. That is, uh, to lust, to thievery, to getting ahead. All these things are really just self-centered and feeding the fallen human nature. And it's interesting that, as you pointed out, a female or a woman is in this uh, matter of commerce And certainly, we have to admit that this is true. Everywhere you see things inviting commerce, there's so much evil in it just attracting man's dishonesty, attracting man's uh, lust, his expectations. All this draws man into dishonesty and thievery. And then, of course, the other matter of being right with God, we see so much in our whole being that we are really not that honest with God. We're not that submissive to God. We're always trying to persuade Him to bless us for our sake without much thought about what is for God's purpose, what is for God's glory, and what will satisfy Him. I'm afraid because of our selfish nature, so fallen, that this evil in us is really dishonest toward God, pretense, even swearing toward God, which is full of pretense and expectation. But God's intention is that we would really love him, that we would receive him, that we would live by him and become one with him. Everything else is dishonest toward God and is a pretense. So I think this is a full exposure in these two visions here. Well, thanks, Francis, for uh, that review. Let's go on to chapter 6 now.
1: That was chapter 5. In chapter 6, we have the vision of the four chariots, and as I was reviewing this, Francis, I had the feeling, I've never heard anyone talk about this chapter in the Bible. It's like this chapter in the Bible, for most people, is not even in their Bible. And that's why I want to read these verses. And I think this may be the first time some of our listeners have ever even heard these verses, right. even though they've read the Bible before. I know for me, I'm reading this and thinking, my goodness. And yet, Witness <laughs> Lee said, that this book is an open book to him. It's all clear. Uh And so before we have Witness Lee talk about the meaning of these verses, let's read the verses. Zechariah chapter 6, it's verses 1 through 8. It's a little longer reading of the scripture than we do on the radio, but let's go ahead and do it right now. Then I lifted up my eyes again, and I looked, and there were four chariots coming forth from between the two mountains, and the mountains were mountains of bronze. With the first chariot, Were red horses, and with the second chariot were black horses, and with the third chariot were white horses, and with the fourth chariot were strong, speckled horses. And I answered and said to the angel who spoke with me, What are these, sir? And the angel answered and said to me, These are the four winds of heaven, who go forth from presenting themselves to the Lord of the whole earth. With one of the winds, the black horses went forth to the land of the north. And the white horses went forth after them, and the speckled horses went forth to the land of the south. And the strong horses went forth and sought to proceed to go to and fro on the earth. And he said, Proceed to go to and fro on the earth. And they went to and fro on the earth. Then he called out to me and spoke to me, saying, See, these who are going forth to the land of the north have given my spirit rest in the land of the north. Okay, Francis, very mysterious verses. Yeah. We're going to go to Witness Lee, and then we're going to come back for fellowship on these verses.
3: Still another vision, bidding to us the four chariots. And the four chariots are the four winds used by God. The four winds are used by God to uh, carry out his judgment. The judgment not just on the people, but on the nations, on the government, on the kingdoms. Don't forget, in the second vision, was four horns to damage, to destroy God's elect people, Israel. Then God... Prepared for craftsmen, and these four craftsmen are used by God to destroy those four horns. And who are these four craftsmen? The Persian Empire was a craftsman to Babylon Empire. Then Alexander the Great, Greece came to do the same thing to Persia. In a short time, he defeated Persia. And he took over Persia. Then, how about this Grecian empire founded by Alexander the Great? It's the same. All of a sudden, Rome came up to destroy Greece. Today, still the Roman Empire. Over 2,000 years. Such a big empire lasting so long. How could this one be taken? Hallelujah. Amen. The last, the, the last trustman. That is Christ with his overcomers. Could you see? The four winds correspond with the four craftsmen. When the last wind comes, that brings in the last craftsman, the consummating craftsman. And this consummating one, just in the twinkle of eye, he destroyed Antichrist with his kingdom. And he tried the great wine price. He terminated the entire human government. Right? He crushed that big human image from the toes to the head. It was over. These are the four chariots. Each chariot was equipped with horses, signifies the quick Movement of God's judgment. When Lord Jesus comes, he told us he will be safer than the wind. He will be like what? Like lightning. Then the Roman Empire will be utterly crushed by this lightning of Christ. So you can see these are the quick judgments of God on the evil earth.
1: Okay, Francis, that's a good stopping point. Let's take this time right now and have you comment on this final statement that Witness Lee made, that these are the quick
2: judgments of God on the evil earth. Well, as we've said already, God is righteous, and he has to judge sin. So he has taken up this way of showing us his judgments that have come on the earth, because he's going to judge everything that is not For his purpose and not according to his nature so God judges everything unrighteous now we come to this time when uh, God's judgments are depicted here in four chariots and these four chariots are four kingdoms that come in to destroy the previous kingdom first of all you had the Babylonian kingdom that lasted for a few hundred years and then you had the Persian kingdom And the king of Persia came in with his kingdom and destroyed the Babylonian kingdom. But it also was not faithful and not of God. So it had to be destroyed too. So it was destroyed by the third one. Alexander the Great from Greece came in with another chariot, destroying and judging the previous one, Persia. And then eventually the Roman Empire came up. Now, all this period of time has gone over several centuries and even several millenniums that all of this takes place, and we wonder how this could be such a swift act of God. And yet it is. God is moving very thoroughly and very definitely through these judgments to protect His people, His chosen people, Israel. All these governments are against and trying to dominate Israel. God's choice is with Israel. His purpose is with Israel. So he will maintain a judgment that will destroy everything that doesn't fit in his plan. And so ultimately we see there's another craftsman that was used by God to take over the whole universe. So we've seen all these uh, different kingdoms that came against Israel now have been judged. Now here is one judgment over the Roman Empire. And that Roman Empire has lasted now for a couple of thousand years. Now God comes in to judge it by the coming of Christ himself with his overcomers. And he will take over the whole universe. He will establish his kingdom on the earth. And he will have everything having been judged and everything under his feet. Where he himself, that is Christ himself, is both the king and the priest to God. He is fulfilling all God's desire because he has come to destroy everything that's not in God's purpose, and he has come to establish his own kingdom. So we have a marvelous picture here of the goal that God has in
1: view. I just want to review one thing you said there for clarification, Francis, how the Roman Empire that Christ will come and destroy is really the kingdom of Antichrist. Yes, right. The Roman Empire of Antichrist that will be revived in the end times will be the very thing that Christ will come as the final craftsman and destroy to set up his own kingdom here on the earth. That's right, and that's
2: his full intention.
1: Well, let's go on, Francis, to the final vision. Okay, God gave these eight visions to comfort Israel. Zechariah chapter 6, verses 9 through 15 is the concluding word to confirm these eight visions of comfort consolation and encouragement. So I'll read these last seven verses of chapter 6. And the word of Jehovah came to me saying, take from them of the captivity from Heldai, Tobijah, and Jediah, and go the same day and enter the house of Josiah, the son of Zephaniah, where they have come from Babylon. Indeed, take the silver and gold and make a splendid crown and put it upon the head of Joshua." the son of Jehozadak, the high priest and speak to him saying, thus speaks Jehovah of hosts saying, here is a man whose name is the shoot and he will shoot forth from his place and will build the temple of Jehovah. Indeed it is he who will build the temple of Jehovah and he will bear majesty and will sit and rule on his throne and he will be a priest on his throne and the council of peace will be between the two of them. And the splendid crown will be as a reminder in the temple of Jehovah to Helam, Tobijah, Jediah, and Hen, the son of Zephaniah. And those who are far off will come and build the temple of Jehovah. And you will know that Jehovah of hosts has sent me to you. And it will happen if you fully obey the voice of Jehovah your God. Amen. Well, Francis, this may be the first time that the entire chapter of Zechariah 6 has been read in a radio program in the history of Christian radio.
2: I wouldn't be at all surprised. This is kind of hidden from Christianity's understanding of the Bible.
1: Well, let's go on to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study.
3: This concluding word to confirm the eight visions is for the assurance of the completion of the rebuilding of the temple of God. God commanded to crown Joshua and to make a crown of gold and silver, not just a kind of turban, but a crown made of gold and silver, and put this crown upon Joshua. There was such a crowning there, and this crowning was an assurance to the people then that God surely will do something to accomplish the rebuilding of the temple. Then eventually, this printed crown will be as a reminder in the temple of Jehovah, signifying the remembrance of the coming Messiah by God's chosen people. This is the end. And the end is that a crown with which Joshua was crowned was removed from Joshua's head and put into the temple. In the temple, there was such a crown as a reminder to remember the coming Messiah. Whenever the children of Israel enter into the temple and they see that crown, they are reminded that a coming Messiah will come. And he will come to be, on the one hand, Joshua, on the other hand, Jeroboam. He will come to be the king and the priest to execute God's administration for the fulfillment of God's economy.
1: Well, Francis, it's good that we can end this program so much about God's judgment on such a positive note with Christ coming in his administration for the fulfillment of God's economy to really wrap things up. Why don't you give us a a last word here on how we can see Christ in Zechariah chapter 6.
2: Well, all of these points here are pointing to the end of God's judgment on the whole of all the governments of this earth. And when he comes back, the Lord Jesus will come as the king because he will come to establish his kingdom on the earth. Therefore, he will have dealt with all of the governments on this earth. Everything will be under him, will be demolished by him, except his own kingdom will be established. And as we saw here, the crown on his head, which is a promise of the Lord coming as the king, is both on the high priest and on the king. These are two indications of this crown, So Christ himself is the shoot referred to in those verses you mentioned, and he's the one who establishes the temple, and he's the one who is the king and the priest for eternity, for the millennial kingdom and for eternity.
1: Well, we see a a wonderful picture in Zechariah 6. In Hebrews, it also mentions Melchizedek, who's a, a king and a priest. And now you have Christ at the end of the Bible, who's also a king and a priest. You don't see any examples throughout the Bible of a king and a priest in the same person, except from the beginning with Melchizedek, who's a picture of Christ. And at the end, Christ coming with the crown represented in this person of Joshua and Zerubbabel, both in one, the king and the priest. Christ really is the shoot of Jehovah. Francis, thanks for coming in today for this program. We've run out of time.
2: Well, it was very good to be with you again, Matt. Thank you. And thank you for joining us. We'd
1: like to give you our number so you can contact us if you'd like to get more information on how to get materials. The number is one eight 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 life study That's one 543 3788 Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California. Or just send us an email to Radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Francis Ball, this is Matt Miller. Thank you very much for staying with us for today's Life Study program from Zechariah.
0: Throughout the centuries, the Lord has recovered many truths concerning His purpose and plan for humanity. The Recovery Version of the New Testament by Living Stream Ministry presents these crucial truths in a format that is easy to understand and study. This faithful translation of the original Greek text includes outlines of each book of the New Testament, over 9,000 footnotes, more than 13,000 cross-references, charts of important truths, and color maps. The New Testament Recovery Version from Living Stream Ministry is available at Christian bookstores everywhere.